This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about financial transparency. This has been a big issue for some First Nations reserves and their band governments for the last few years. And we've talked about it in several instances where people, band members, have had trouble kind of getting the financial information that they want. It's been an ongoing issue. Well, yesterday, a First Nations activist uh, teamed up with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation to deliver 30,000 petition signatures to the Prime Minister's office. And they're calling on the federal government to enforce the First Nations Financial Transparency Act. So this piqued our interest. We definitely wanted to hear more about this. So joining us now is Muskowikamik Charmaine Stig, who's an Onion Lake Cree Nation member, to talk more about this issue. Thank you very much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. What started this process for you? Um, well, it started back in 2013, um, I used to work for the Onion Lake Band within the uh, financial sector, and I just uh, just realizing uh, the amount of money that we were generating within our oil and gas revenues, and knowing that our operating cost for the whole band was um, more than what each individual member was receiving in terms of distribution with our oil and gas revenues. Um, and then, um, I had, um, I had had a loan with the band, a $700 loan, which I had paid back, but then I was made to pay, pay back again, because apparently that money didn't make it from one office to the financial office. So, and, you know, I took, I got all my financial documents in hand, um, went to the RCMP, they, there was nothing that came out of it, so. I did more research, and the more I found out about our finances being misused and the amount of money that was that we were um, should have been getting within our oil and gas revenues and living in you know in our um, the conditions that our community members were living in, you know, I didn't find it fair that um, in order for you to reap the benefits, you had to be a band employee, and all other individuals were basically getting scrapped. So. So what happened, though, when you tried to raise awareness of this? Because that seems like a relatively simple thing where you go, wait a minute, what's happening to all this money? Well, because I was a band employee, you know, I was asking too many questions. I was asking the right questions, but um, they didn't like it. So I slowly ended up getting pushed out of my employment. So after I was employed and then I tried um, uh, going to Indian Affairs, AFN, FSIN, um, uh, reaching out to anybody out there who was um, a political or federal provincial organization that had any business or um, dealings with First Nations people, I tried to reach out to them, but I never got anywhere. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, where do I go? There's got to be somebody out there that can help me, you know, and this is, and I know that this is something that wasn't only happening in my reserve, but a lot of other communities right. too, all over Turtle Island. So, so when you talk so, to other other band members who weren't necessarily like part of the band government, what did the other band members think? Um, some were in support of it. Some knew that things were not going well and they hadn't been going good for a while. And then there were others where they were like, oh, dude, you don't need to bring this up. You know, everything's okay, you know, and 
but I was like, no, it's not okay because you know we're we're stealing money out of our children's mouths. We're stealing food out of our children's mouths. Like you know, why would we do that? Right, and, and it's been going, it's been an ongoing issue for so many years that somebody's got to do something about it, you know, because the whole community is suffering, and it. And then I thought, like you know, well, I think maybe somebody like. I didn't know where this was going to go or what I was going to do, but I just wanted to raise the concern and bring an ish- this major issue out to, you know, to the public. Yeah. It needs to be addressed. So you, but you, I didn't expect it to go this way. What do you mean you didn't expect it to go this way? Like to get this much attention or to get that many signatures? I I, well, I didn't expect to, like, you know, have to go through the legal, the legal process of it. I didn't have to. I didn't want to. I wasn't looking to take my band to court. You know, just wanted the financial documents just to prove to the people what was going on and to try and teach my people about how my my, uh, money was being mismanaged. And then, you know, I didn't expect to to, um, team up with the CTF of all people, but, you know, it worked out that way. And then, you know, going through this five-year-long process and having to deal with um, so much backlash, um, losing basic services that, you know, each membership are entitled to within each each nation. Right. What happened when you went to court then? Did you get that information? Well, yeah, the, 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 uh, initially the judge was in favor of uh, uh, releasing the documents to me, not particularly the, C- the CTF, but me as a membership because I had every right to have them. Yeah. So, um uh, the court ruling was in my favor, and then Onion Lake Band, they appealed it, and again, on the appeal, we won. So they finally released the documents, but they only released 2015 and 2016 documents, and I really wanted the 2017 documents because they were they were very important because there was a lot of things that happened within our community uh, in regards to finances in 2017. Right. I guess but they they wouldn't give them to me. They said talk to your lawyer. So I was like, okay, and I called my lawyer again, told him what they said, and we took them back to court and you know for contempt because they refused to to give me those other documents. Does and it- then here the judge Judge McCreary um said that held on in Lake in contempt for not providing the documents also impose a $10,000 fine on Animate Band if they do not disclose the information to me by August 31st. And we didn't ask for them, the judge to impose a fine. It was just right. a third decision. Does it seem hard to believe, though, that this point, like where we are, that it would still be so hard to get basic financial documents and information? Well, uh, after five years, I didn't think I didn't think it would still be like this difficult. But you know, like um, the only way I can, the only way that I can, you know, make any sense of it is if they're not willing to provide these documents, the ones that are the certain ones that I've asked for, then that means there's something there that they don't want others to to know or to see or to find out, you know. And so you want the First Nations Financial Transparency Act to be enforced. So what does that mean? Like what what was there what is there in that act that would change this? Well, this way um all band memberships and um any other 
um, Canadians would be able to have access to basic financial information. Because I know in, you know, rural municipalities or even in any level of government, they have to be open and transparent in regards to their finances. So that shouldn't be any different for First Nations, but yet our our Nehiwag, our First Nations, our communities have always lacked transparency and accountability because we've allowed it to happen for too long, for so long that it's become normal. It's become a norm in our society today. Right. It's almost so seemed like the band they, members accept it because if you yeah. can't, yeah, right? Like you're wondering why didn't more people, I think, come to your aid and demand more? Yeah, especially the ones who knew what was going on or were a part of it. Like, you know, they just, you know, turned a blind eye. But then it's it's time that we we look at things with both eyes, not, you know, take our blinders off and start, you know, doing what's, what's right. What happens next? Is, um, in terms of what, there's a... Like, where can you go with this? So you've done this petition. Do you want to see other bands across the country, well, you know, stand up for this? Since I've started this, there, I've had a lot of um, First Nations members from all over Turtle Island contact me. You know, like I said, this is an issue that's been ongoing for so long. And, you know, there's people out there that wanted to stop. They wanted to end. They want to set things right now. And it's for all future generations, not only in our community, but for all, like, even to all Canadians out there. And it's, um, it's going to help us to become more self-sufficient, self-reliant, you know, we're going to, it's going to help us prosper because, you know, stealing from, from our, ch- our children, our grandchildren isn't helping anybody in any way at all. Well, you know, it's yeah. just making things worse. Well, thanks for talking to us about it and good luck. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I, well, good luck with the uh, court fight. Hopefully it goes well for you. That is Muskowicka Make Charmaine Stick, an Onion Lake Cree Nation member who yesterday, along with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, delivered 30,000 petition signatures to the Prime Minister's office.